happy holidays, and welcome to the very first December, uh, courtesy of the thepanelbuyer.blogspot.com. I'm, of course, your host, Rafi, and this is a new little mini-podcast series I'll be doing uh, through the month of December, where I'm going to be watching and reviewing uh, DC animated movies leading up to the big day itself, Christmas. Uh, consider this our gift here at The Panel Better to you, the loyal listeners. Uh, I'm going to have guests coming in for a couple of these episodes, but this one is just going to be me. I just want to establish what we're doing here. Um, I recently got the DC Universe app, which has a huge library of DC animated movies. And I thought, with the kind of downhill slope that is the DC animated uh, movie universe, uh, I want to go back and, and watch some older, um, better DC animated movies and talk about them with you guys and, and see how you feel about them and just kind of give my thoughts on what DC animation used to be. And uh, we're going to be doing this leading up to Christmas Day. You're going to get one of these a week. And um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm gonna be doing um, Today I'm going to be doing Batman Assault on Arkham and Batman Under the Red Hood. So uh, stick tight, and we're going to talk about those real soon. So no one would... Um, Nobody would blame you if you thought Batman Assault on Arkham wasn't really a Batman animated movie, um, mainly because it focuses on one of DC's big famous teams right now, the Suicide Squad. Um, back when the Suicide Squad live-action movie was coming out, I think a lot of people were expecting something good because of this animated movie. So, if you've never seen this, Batman Assault on Arkham takes place in the Arkham video game universe, um, I don't think there's an exact time on it. I think it, I think it's like before um, before Arkham City, maybe after. Uh, but the point is that this takes place in the Arkham video game universe. So you have kind of the <laughs> the good and bad in terms of designs. It's funny because with characters like Harley Quinn, who had appeared in the Arkham games, um, they give her a new design in this animated movie, and I I really like it. It's a good mix of kind of classic Harley Quinn and more modern Marley, uh, Harley Quinn. Um, but then you have characters like Bane, who's kind of stuck in his horrible design from the Arkham games. Um, but we're not talking about just designs here. In this animated movie, uh, government, I guess, general agent, uh, Amanda Waller, puts together a new Task Force X, aka the Suicide Squad, to break into Arkham Asylum and steal a, basically a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a, a codec on all the members of the Suicide Squad from the past, the present, and the potential future. Uh, and, and basically it's all this information about the su Suicide Squad stolen by the Riddler. And it's hidden in the Riddler's cane, which is in Arkham Asylum. So she puts together a team which has uh, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, King Shark, Killer Frost, Captain Boomerang, Black Spider, and KG Beast, to break into Arkham Asylum and obviously get the cane back. Now, I don't want to spend this whole part of this segment, like, comparing this to the Suicide Squad movie, but, like, right off the bat, the thing I enjoy about this animated movie is how straightforward it is and how the twists and turns come later. Like, it really, it really feels like a, a Suicide Squad story because this is exactly how it would go. Um... The stakes aren't super high. Like the the initial mission is just to make sure the Suicide Squad like information doesn't get out because basically the Suicide Squad is like a government project and if the general public knew about it it would be a PR nightmare. So Amanda Waller is only doing this to kind of cover her own ass and she's using the squad to do so. 
Um, but like when the anime movie starts, you get a little bit of stuff with the Riddler and Batman. Um, but then when Amanda assembles the squad, you get these little like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like these little snippets of what each squad member is doing when they get picked up. It's not unlike the actual live action movie, only these are very quick. They tell you like what their actual name is and what their, um, their code name is, I guess. And yeah, and it's set up kind of like, it has like a real heist movie kind of feel to it. Um, the music's like a really good choice because again, it, it feels like a heist movie. So they pick music that goes along with that kind of genre. Um, and like just the whole mission is like very orchestrated, very thought out. Um, they have to go through the penguin to get into Arkham Asylum. He's like their, their hookup guy, um, which I thought was nice because A, the Arkham Universe version of Penguin, I think he's kind of funny. <laughs> I just, I like the broken glass, like the, the broken bottle cap. It's like the bro, it's like the bottom side of a beer bottle and he uses that as a monocle. Like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but it's also cool because in the comics, the Penguin was, I think for a brief time, a member of the Suicide Squad. So there's a connection there that I like. Um, in terms of the characters they pick, I think they picked a lot of, like, they, they did an even amount, I think. Like, I think, uh, you know, most people know Harley Quinn, obviously, because she's a Batman character, and also because in New 52 they added her to the Suicide Squad. Um, Deadshot and Captain Boomerang are both classic members of the squad. Um, Killer Frost, I think she's been on the team before, like, in the comics, but um, she's also a character who has had multiple versions of, one being on the Flash TV show. Um... King Shark was just a great character to pick because they needed a big bruiser type of character, but they kind of turn him into this, not necessarily gentle giant, but like, he he values the squad members as kind of his friends, and that's, it's kind of, it's, he has a cute relationship with Killer Frost because of that, um, and Black Spider, I really feel like Black Spider could have just been Bronze Tiger, but I guess, uh, I don't know, I guess Bronze, Bronze Tiger is another character who's similar to Black Spider, but he's more heroic than bad, so I guess they wanted to kind of find a balance, plus Black Spider gets killed off, and they don't want to kill off Bronze Tiger because he's a hero, I don't know. Um, oh, I guess I guess also because Black Spider has a mask, and that, like, because the whole twi the twist towards the end is that, like, uh, what is it, Batman steals Black Mask, or sorry, he steals Black Spider's costume to infiltrate the squad and find out what they're doing. So I guess that wouldn't work with a character like Bronze Tiger, who doesn't really wear a mask. <laughs> um, but no, I thought the team dynamic was really good. Uh, KG Beast dies, like, first, which is great. <laughs> they, they, they use him to set an example. Um, I'm kind of surprised there was no, like, like, point guard, like, smart person on the team. I guess that was supposed to be Harley, but, like, there's no, like, uh, I don't know, Calendar King or Clock King or... Uh, or something like that. Like, there's no, there's no te like smart character. I guess there's Riddler, but again, he's not part of the squad. Um, but yeah, just the the twists that start happening. It's like, it's like towards the end of the movie, like towards the third act, is when people start dying off. And the only thing that's weird is that it doesn't feel because King King Shark dies off, and Killer Frost doesn't seem too upset with it, despite the fact that she liked him. Um, but I guess that kind of plays more to her character. Uh, that's the other, that's the other thing I like about this, this animated movie. Each of the characters have such pronounced personalities, um, and yet they're able to fill out these roles, like, again, in the live-action movie, you have both Deadshot and, uh, Rick Flagg, 
And Rick Flagg's supposed to be, like, the, the point man, the leader, and then Deadshot's supposed to just be, you know, the shooter. In this, Floyd Lawton is very much both those roles. He's the, the field leader, and he's also the, the sharpshooter. And I think that works. Um, and then with Killer Frost, she has, like, this just <laughs> bad bitch attitude, um, which really separates her from the other female member on the team, which is Harley. Um, and Harley's good in this, too. I mean, they, they do a nice mix of making her funny, but also making her, making her sexual. There's a lot of, like, little sexual things in this that remind you, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, <laughs> these, these characters aren't, like, squeaky clean at all. Um, surprisingly, like, the, 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 like, there's bloodshed, obviously, but I, I think, I think if it weren't for this being an anime movie, they, they could have taken more lengths to do more violent stuff, um, and I would have been okay with it. It's also just cool just seeing Batman interact with the Suicide Squad and kind of like, because he just shows up when they're, when they're breaking into Arkham and he's kind of just like, what, what, is, what does Waller have to do with this? What are you guys talking about? Um, but yeah, this this anime movie is really smart. Um, it has a very linear path to it. It it knows what it's trying to be, and it, it's great because the the most of the movie again, you know what's going to happen. There's a plan. They're trying to follow it, and then. In the third act, like things take a little bit of a swing, and then everything's out the window. There's so much loss of control, it feels uh, good and vibrant because this whole time we've been on a straight path. So, and, and the the portrayal of the Joker is pretty good too. I know with Batman they got Kevin Conroy to do it. With, with Joker they got Troy Baker who can kind of imitate Mark Hamill to a to an extent. Um, the only thing with the Joker in this that I'm not a huge fan of, I don't like when the Joker like curses. Like, he says, I think, bitch and ass, but, like, I don't know. In, in, in my mind, Joker's just way too, like, uh, not polite. He's obviously not polite. <laughs> but uh, I think he's too much of, like, uh, not a gentleman. I don't know. There's a weird word for it. Because, like, he's too classy. He's too classy to use curse words, I think. Um, but still, I think they portrayed him pretty well. Uh, the whole anime movie was really good. I haven't seen the sequel to it. I don't know if it's even a sequel. I know it's just another Suicide Squad animated movie. Um, but yeah, I think this one's dope. I really do. Um, I think it's why I was so disappointed to the actual live-action movie. Um, but yeah, if you want to know, like, what the Suicide Squad actually is, go watch Assault on Arkham. Um, if you're, if you're watching, if you're going to watch Assault on Arkham just because you want to see a Batman story, I, I wouldn't really go into it looking at that because it's not Batman's story, he's just kind of a player in it, and I think that really works for him because it... It portrays him as being this watchful eye over Gotham. Like, he's like the boss of Gotham in this. And it's kind of cool to see that from the perspective of these criminals. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, th I definitely think that if, uh, what is it? If James Gunn is going to do the next Suicide Squad live-action movie, uh, I should definitely take some notes from this one. But, uh, yeah, Batman Assault on Arkham, still as good as I remember it. And then the second film that I watched was Batman Under the Red Hood. Um... This is this is really good. <laughs> it, it sucks because I wish the killing joke could have been as good as this. But regardless, um, Under the Red Hood is, of course, the story of Batman's former sidekick, Jason Todd, the Robin that died at the hands of the Joker, uh, returning from the grave as the Red Hood, a type of anti-hero, anti-villain kind of role. He takes over Gotham's like criminal empire and... Instead of stopping crime, he tries to control crime, and it's kind of a it's kind of a Punisher take on things where Red Hood shows up and he's 
He's like, I'm going to the extent that Batman won't, and I'm being a better Batman for it, because I can kill people, not like you, Batman, with your stupid rules. Um, and he's... See, here's the thing, like, outside of Under the Red Hood, I've, I've never really liked Red Hood. I just thought he was really cliche. I really thought that people only liked him because, oh, he's a Robin, and he was dead, but now he's not, and that's edgy and cool. And I, and like, he's like, he's, he's, he's like Batman... But he uses guns and he kills people. And that's cool. Like, I'm not... Anyone that knows me personally, well, I'm not into characters who are just edgy and cool looking. But I'm also not into characters who are... Who have one gimmick in this and just run off that. Like, if Jason Todd, Red Hood, is just always like, I was dead once, I'm gonna kill people, I'm a cool anti-hero. Like, I'm not into that shit. But Under the Hood really works for me because it's not Red Hood being an anti-hero, it's not Red Hood, like, becoming a hero over time, it's just a story about fucking, like, Batman's dead son coming back as, like, a Punisher, <laughs> like, like, his, his dead sidekick comes back as one of his worst villains, and Batman's problem isn't just dealing with that, it's also dealing with, like, it's, it's dealing with the psychological angle of that, whereas, like, I let Jason down, I let Jason die, and, and now he's come back to haunt me, like, literally, but it's also like, I taught Jason everything I know. So, <laughs> so I'm not just dealing with like a dead Robin. I'm dealing with like a new Batman who's just as dangerous as me. Um, and I like that. I think, I think in, the, in the realm of anti-Batman characters, uh, Red Hood is definitely the best example of that. Uh, he's just a solid villain all around. And, and, and the best part is like, despite the fact that Red Hood's doing bad things... He still behaves like a Robin type of character. He still makes jokes. He's still, like, chatty on conversations. And I think that makes him a really interesting villain. Because it, it has, like, the, he has this lighter side to him. But you know he's he's dangerous. And he's just, he's going, he's going this way. He's not, he talks in a way that makes you think he's your friend. But then he, he goes this whole other direction. Um, but Batman and, and Red Hood aren't the only players in this. I think Batman is voiced by Bruce Greenwood. I like him. I like him as Batman. It's it's not Kevin Conroy, but like it's still I, I, it's not as good either because Kevin Conroy you can't get much better, but I think he's definitely second best. Uh, <laughs> but um, you also have the Joker in this, obviously, who I think is voiced by John DiMaggio. Um, much different. Uh, well, the voice is much different. I think if you gave him uh, a, a typical like uh, what is it, the uh, Mark Hamill voice, he'd come off like any other Joker. But I, I really like this Joker. Um, He's just as intimidating. He, he's a showman, as the Joker always is. It's just a solid interpretation of the Joker. Um, and just uh, just the fact that they showed him beating Jason when he was a kid with the crowbar, like, it, 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 it catches you. Like, the beginning of this movie is how Jason died, and it definitely it's definitely a great hook into this film. Um, but yeah, Joker's good in this. The other main villain, I guess, is Black Mask, who's just like... Black Mask is funny because... I appreciate that he's a, a character you don't get to see often, but Black Mask is Black. Oh God, Black Mask is interesting because while he behaves like a typical crime boss, like he shows up, he, he's got you know this crime family crime boss thing going on. Um, he owns some kind of company. Like he is legit, like the most straightforward crime boss character in Gotham since like you know the the Falcones and the 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 Maloney. So like. He is 
you know, in his practice, a typical crime boss character, but he wears that black mask over his face to give, to kind of, I guess, like, fit into the modern crime world of Gotham. The modern crime world of Gotham isn't run by people in fancy suits anymore. It's run by fucking, like, weirdos and question mark costumes and, and penguins and poison ivies and, and jokers and two-faces. Like, like, you can wear a suit. But you gotta, you gotta have something going on. You gotta have a, a theme of some sort to demand attention in Gotham. And I think Black Mask knows that. That's, that's the thing I've always liked about Black Mask is that, like, he's not insane. He doesn't have a gimmick. And he's not going out of his way to do, like, themed crimes or anything. Like, he's just straightforward crime boss. And I'm only, he's only wearing the mask to fit in with the, with the modern, um crime world of Gotham. Like, he's only wearing that to get attention and be part of the group. Um, and I think that's an awesome part of the character. Uh, in this, he's kind of just, you know, angry crime boss, but I think it works because he, he totally falls into the, you know, Putty and, uh, and Jason Todd's hands. Uh, who else you got in this? You got Nightwing for a little while. I appreciate that. He's voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, which is pretty cool. Um, he's definitely loyal to Batman still. Uh, I kind of wish... I don't know, he seems way too loyal to Batman, like he's taking orders from, like he's asking Batman for orders. I kind of wish there was some kind of thing in there where, because I think in the comics, Nightwing, after Jason died, or after Jason died, Nightwing started working with Batman more just to kind of watch him and keep him from doing anything dangerous. Uh, I kind of wish there was an explanation like that. Otherwise, Nightwing just kind of looks like a, a tool. <laughs> um, but still, it's pretty cool. The fight between Batman, Nightwing, and uh, Amazo is great. A uh, great bit right there. Um, the animation quality is great. Uh, musical choices are fine, and uh, you know, just just the mystery. The mystery isn't really well hidden at all. Like, but uh, I do appreciate it because Under the Red Hood, the comic was written by um, Judd Winnick, and it had a very different explanation as to how Jason Todd came back to life. But it was kind of a stupid reason. So, this anime movie was also written by Judd Winnick. And he gave a new reason, which is connected to Rachel Ghoul and the Lazarus Pits. So it's a much easier explanation to go by. Uh, I think it became the modern story for that. Like they retconned that in the comics, it was the Lazarus Pit that brought Jason back to life. Um, but I just like the idea of like, you know, DC is working on a new animated movie and they're like, okay, we're basing it off this book. Who should we get to direct it? Why don't we get the guy that wrote the book? Like I feel like I feel like more. DC movie projects should just do that because it's like an anime movie is one step away from just being an actual movie that you put in theaters so I don't know like imagine imagine how good Man of Steel could have been if they got someone like Peter J. Tomasi or or uh or Jeff Johns or someone someone that knows the character to actually do the movie because like this Under the Red Hood movie it could have been good if it was just an adaptation by some other director, but the fact that it's the guy who wrote the book who, you know, realized, okay, I gotta take my story, I gotta streamline it, and I gotta make a new explanation as to how Jason came back to life. Here's what I'll do, and here's how I'll tie it in. Like, he intentionally, like, made a different version of his own story so that it could work as an animated movie, and I, I really value that as a choice, and I think it's really awesome that that worked out. And I just, I want to see more of that, you know? Um, there are a lot of DCM movies, anime movies that kind of do that. I think um, Darwin Cook's, uh, what is it, Justice League? Fuck, what is it called? The New Frontier. Uh, 
that was written by Darwin Cook, and I think the anime movie was also written by him. So just just more stuff like that, because I don't know if you have the people, if you have the guy who wrote the book work on the anime movie, no one's gonna come and complain that it's different. Because if they complain about being different, you can either say, well, we got the guy who did the actual book, so it's not going to be different. Or, hey, we got the guy that did the actual book, so if he changed it, it must be a good change, right? So, I don't know. I, I, I honor it much more that some anime movies are done by the same people that wrote the comics. Um, and especially works for Under the Red Hood, because it's just like, there's so much emotional value, there's so much action, and it really pays off by the end. Uh, Under the Red Hood is still, I think, it might be my favorite animated Batman movie, uh, at least outside of anything the Batman animated series did, but really great story, really did a good job at kind of explaining Jason Todd to the general public, and showing off what made him cool, while also leaving doors open, I think, for people to get interested in other characters, but uh, yeah, Under the Red Hood, it, it's, <laughs> it's almost better than I remember it. So next week we are going to be going over uh, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths and Superman Doomsday, so stick around for that. Uh, I don't know who I'm getting for a guest yet, it might be Bennett, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, uh, I hope you guys are interested in listening to the rest of these. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to do something special for December, and I got all these anime movies on this app now, so yeah, I just wanted to run the gambit and go over the ones that I liked. Uh, maybe next year I'll go over the ones I don't like. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you all for listening so much. Uh, I hope you have a great holiday month. Uh, watch out for the snow. Keep yourselves warm, all that. Um, go to parent.pobby.com, parent.blossom.com, or on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Anchor, and Spotify. And I'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.